Hey MW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcace. And we're two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. At just 22 years old, Mallory Rowan co-founded a global and massively successful business to only find herself just two years later, well past burnout. Mallory was physically ill, suffering from rashes, bloating, hair loss, and even pneumonia. Because in her own words, it didn't seem that different from how I'd been feeling, well past burnout. Mallory decided to get healthy and leave her business. She began learning anything and everything she could to not only live a longer life, but to be able to enjoy every day of it with three six-figure businesses that now allow her to thrive. Now, this incredible millennial woman is here to help us do the same. Everyone, welcome Mallory. So we are so excited. Today's guest has been an IG friend for quite some time, and we finally have her on the show. Mallory, welcome. We're so, so excited you're here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's crazy how Instagram like connects people from all over, eh? I know. It's amazing. Okay, so uh, a lot of people kind of know about your story, but I want to dive a little bit deep so that way we can get to the heavy hitters that you love to talk about on social that has helped us tremendously. So you started out in the corporate world, okay? But how did you actually become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I started in corporate world like super early. So when I was in university, I knew like I wanted to get right in there to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. So I was working in an office job from my first year in university, which was really different for some people. So I got to get really exposed to that um, all throughout school. And that honestly, the first summer, I remember it made me realize like I did not want to be in a cubicle life for the rest of my life. Like it just felt like even the fact that it was this beautiful summer and I was sitting in air conditioning, I wasn't near a window. It was like all of those little things that really add up, especially for your mental health. And so I remember the second summer when they asked me to continue and it was this kind of, you have to decide right now, are you staying for another full year? And I had a total panic attack in the staircase because it was like a great opportunity on paper but there was just something in my gut saying, you can't do another year of this. And so I ended up actually taking an unpaid internship with a startup in Ottawa that was super, super different. I actually like was connected because it was like my guy who was the hookup at one of the bars who always like got us guest list. He was working in sales for this startup. It was so, so random, but it was really cool. It was a new tech startup and it was a really exciting opportunity. And that was the first time that I really delved into this idea of a startup, a different type of office. And all of that felt really, really good. But I still felt like I was now putting in even more hours and I was loving it, but it was still really for somebody else. Right. And right. my mom was actually a great reminder of that throughout because I would get stressed about it. I was really passionate about it. And she's like, you know, when they sell one day, they hit the jackpot and you don't. Right. right. <laughs> and for me, it was like a really big realization of knowing that I was more interested in more, but I was kind of scared to take that leap. And then I had actually a class at school where we were really encouraged to create projects that we actually wanted to bring into the real world. So it was entrepreneurship focused classes. And so I started building um, just this lifestyle brand with my training partner at the time. We were both competing in powerlifting and we didn't really have the budget as students. So we're like, okay, let's start with a brand, just a brand that we really relate to that shares our values and we'll go from there. And that was really the start of it. And the more I dived into that world, the less I wanted to stay in the corporate setting. 
Yes, I know. And that's what's so, like so amazing about your story too. It's just like a lot of people don't realize like that gut instincts that really like leads you to a scary place, but really where you're supposed to be. Right. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's LVD Fitness that was the company that you started, right? And sort of like exploded. I want to say overnight. Am I right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously like everything looks a little more overnight than it was, but we definitely got lucky. I mean, Instagram was also a different beast at the time. And I think it was a kind of a really great mixture of timing. You know, so much of successful businesses is a timing play, right? So we felt as powerlifters, the market was really changing and we didn't feel represented. It was a lot of people thought powerlifting, they thought like big, bulky, bald guys with beards and tattoos. And that really wasn't us. We were very minimalist. We were a bunch of like college students. And so it was a great opportunity there to build something that people connected to. And then Instagram was really growing in the fitness community. So we were already, you know, starting to connect and it kind of built that actual connection point. Um, and then, yeah, it really grew from there. And because we did have a social mission of giving back and helping athletes give back, I really think that did help us um, blow up overnight, so to speak, right. because we got a lot of huge major athletes. Like we had the top uh, female and male powerlifters as wow. sponsored athletes. Um, at no cost to us. We just gave them apparel. We collaborated with them. We had a really amazing um, relationship there. And those were the kind of athletes that really helped bring our brand to more people. Right. And when you're not with the company anymore, right? Did you sell or what was your process like? Um, so as of right now, we haven't sold. There's like a few conversations happening, so I can't get into that. But uh, for us, it was really a point of alignment. So I went through a pretty bad burnout and that really caused me and my partner to step back from the business and look at how we wanted to run it going forward, what we wanted to do in general going forward, because we had started this business at 21 and 22 and, wow. you know, it was kind of every day, day by day, right? Um, very like by the seat of our pants. And so we had to stop and say, do we want to make t-shirts for the rest of our life? Do we want to be in powerlifting? What does that look like going forward? And that was a really hard conversation because your first business is very much your baby, even if you try mm -hmm. to <laughs> prepare yourself otherwise. Um, but we just realized it wasn't feeling as much in alignment. We worked really hard to have a social mission with our business. And even though we were doing ethical manufacturing, it really came down to, does the world need more t-shirts? And is that how we feel like we can make our biggest impact? And we started to have this disconnect of, I don't need more apparel. I don't need more launches every year. But there was really this idea that we needed to launch more. We need to have bigger collections. And we kind of wanted to fight that by just blankly putting a stop to it and really saying, hey, we don't want to encourage this kind of spending anymore. We don't want to encourage this side of the conversation. And we really want to encourage you guys to also think about those things. Wow. I love that. Yeah. You're so intuitive. And I think that that is so fascinating and really speaks volumes to your success. But you did mention something burnout and it's used so much within our generation. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what you experienced? Like what were those feelings when you kind of, or before you realized that that was burnout? Yeah. So for me, it was really got to the point where the physical um body it had to like slap me in the face for me to slow down and realize and i think that's really really common right we glorify this idea of pushing through so much right. and so we kind of have that badge of honor of not sleeping of having multiple coffees whatever it might be and just going and going and going and um there's a saying that's 
if you're if you don't listen to your body when it whispers it will have to scream and that very much is what happened so looking back um I mean, the breaking points for me were really, I got pneumonia and I didn't even realize it because I had been wow. feeling so bad that when I went to the doctors for something like a prescription refill, she was like, wow, your lungs are horrible. Like, how long have you been coughing like this? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> like quite a long time. And I'd always had asthma. So it was one of those things, like things were just building. I always just thought I had some sort of cold and it took me a long time to get rid of that pneumonia actually it was quite a few like chest x-rays and different processes later and everything kind of started falling apart at the same time so i was getting really bad rashes actually on my face um like huge and unexplainable and i was even like losing hair and i have very like baby hair like <laughs> thin toddler hair so i don't have much hair to lose so that was really hard too it was very noticeable to me and wow. those were really the things that made me stop and decide i couldn't keep going even bloating too like anything i would eat especially when i would travel there's something about a canadian stomach in the us i think that's extra hard we're just like yeah. not made for the american food totally understand that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but so those were really the breaking points that made me slow down but looking back there was so much happening before that we just don't talk about as burnout and we don't talk about right. those things and that was the scary stuff and it was the stuff i felt like i had to keep to myself because i thought i was just like an old tired grumpy old man at like 24. like i just felt like i lost my personality i felt like irritated by everything and it it just sucked and it really would get me down because i was so exhausted and i was so easily irritated that i'm like wow, am I just this person now? And I was starting to not love that. And then the more I dug into things, the more I realized that was actually early signs, right? Feeling right. like you're losing yourself. That is a really early sign. We just don't talk about the mental and even the energetic signs. Right. Right. And it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's like with business, um, there's a level of like logical and practicality, right? So you have to, you get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. So that kind of mentality is hard because that's facts, right? So it's like the more that you put into this business, um, the more that work goes into it, the more it's going to succeed, the more it's going to progress. So how do you like justify that within, right? So it's like when you do want to just rest because you feel like you need to rest or what is that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are preserving yourself from reaching burnout to when you're working yeah. hard and that's acceptable, like how do you balance that? Because that's for me, it's a bit tricky. For me too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's redefining and like giving yourself permission to redefine what's actually work and what is actually making you successful. So I see going to bed and like having lights out by 10 p.m. as part of my job, right? It's now part of the work because I know that getting that sleep is what makes me more powerful the next day. It lets me show up better and it lets me do my work better. Whereas if I were to stay up till 4 a.m., my next day is not as productive. I'm probably not getting as much done and not the same quality. And I think um, The Sleep Revolution by Arianna Huffington was a really great book for me to read that just like hammered in the science of sleep. And that was a great starting point of saying, okay, there's things that we don't see as work and we you know, put them in this self-care box, but we're not actually recognizing how impactful they can be to our job. And that was the biggest thing for me. I think especially when you're young and you wanna hustle for your business, the easiest go-to is more hours, right? Can I do more things? Can I do this in the evening? Instead of looking at, okay, what's working in my business and how do we do more of that and what needs to go, right? So very early for us, we were on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right? You're trying everything. And immediately we were like, 
get rid of Twitter. It's not our jam. Facebook, we realized people really just cared about the big company milestones. So cool. We just shared that like once a month and really just letting go of some of the things and trusting that gut instinct. And if you don't have the gut instinct, looking at the numbers and saying, where are our sales coming from, right? If you're putting all this time and energy into influencer marketing and it's not getting you any sales, you either have to change things or go the route. Like maybe your events are really taking off. So get more events instead of paying these influencers, right? right? I love that. I think every entrepreneur kind of goes through that, especially when you are in a small business. Like we definitely had that conversation of like, Okay, which social media platform we can we drop? We had this conversation <laughs> this morning on the yeah. way to the studio, yeah. okay? Because it's Literally. so many. Because it's, it's so much. Yeah, and I love that you're pointing out. It's like, you don't have to be on everything. Like, you just have to see what's clicking for your brand, like what's working for you and be efficient in that. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard place to come to, right? Because you always want to do everything because you feel like, oh, I might be leaving money yeah, on the you're table missing over out. here yeah. or over there. Um, but I love that. You're making a lot, a lot of good points. Yeah. You know, Mallory, it's so crazy because it's like, I hear what you're saying and I'm like, oh, she's so right. But it, I struggle within, right? I right. feel, I don't know if you feel like to the level, because I'm a little bit of an extremist. Yeah, you're more extreme than me for sure. <laughs> I always feel like, at, and like I've been making a point of like being in bed by at least 9 30, 10 o'clock, so that yeah. I love to wake up like at the 5 a.m. I'm, I'm that person yeah. versus Steph isn't because that's, you know, she loves to have her mornings, right? <laughs> so for me, it's like if I go to sleep at 9 30, 10, and I'm laying there, I'm like, but I have to send this and I have to do that. And I just, I cannot guilt. control it. And it's, exa- it's, it's exactly guilt. what it is. It's guilt. Like, how can we, you know, because we have, you know, you know, our generation is, and we're going to dive into it, but we're all pretty much entrepreneurs. A lot of people in our generation, right. how do we manage this and then also have a quality of life? Because I don't, I don't want to burn out. And I do feel like we've been close to it in the past and I don't want to get there. Yeah, I think part of it is figuring out, again, like so many of these things, like a morning routine now has become such a buzzword that we all kind of roll our eyes and we're like, I don't need another morning routine, right? But I think it's actually breaking down, like, what does that look like for you in a way that's productive? Like, if you don't care to wash your face for 10 minutes and like (laughs) meditate in the morning, then that doesn't need to be your morning routine, right? But I think if for you, it's going to really help to sit down at the end of a day write out that to-do list for the next day, prioritize the big items, and then you can go to sleep knowing, okay, that's off. I, for a while, kept a little notebook on my bedside table. And even like, I would keep the lights out so there'd be the messiest notes. But when things would pop up, I would write it down so that it's like, okay, I've taken care of it for tomorrow, Mal. Like she's going to look at that notebook when she wakes up. So stop thinking about that thing, right? So really figuring out like, what are those tools you have to bring to the table? That's not necessarily what you're seeing on social media and going to help you with getting rid of that guilt. And I think just the more you can lean into the things that are working, the more you will actually start to notice this is the thing that does really well, right? Yeah. And figuring out, are you like overachieving in areas where it doesn't matter? And then balancing like, if that feels really good to you, that's okay, but not if everything else is falling apart. So for example, I love making like a pretty, pretty PDF in Canva, probably <laughs> not the best use of my time, probably something I could offload or like not do, but I love it. So it's okay. fine. Like I will fit that into my day, but for someone else that like, that is a stress point, like outsource that. If that makes more sense to get that one hour back and have that beautiful document that's not going to stress you out, then do that. I love, love that. It. That's a good tool. It, it sounds very healthy yeah. the way you're talking about work, right? Yeah. And like that relationship, 
it, I mean, ultimately, it is kind of like a relationship. Like, what's working, what's not? What can I outsource? I mean, don't outsource in your relationships, personal, physical relationships. <laughs> but in your work relationship, it's true. And like, I just can't, every time I'm hearing you think, I mean, you speak, I'm just thinking to myself, like, gosh, you're just so intuitive, like with your feelings and what you're feeling and, and acknowledging it and accepting it. So I think that that is such great advice for so many millennial women right now who are listening. And a lot of us are entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. which I know you were pointing out, Mel, yeah. um, it, there is a boom. No, there's a huge boom. And now I feel like with COVID, which I'm sure you can agree, Mallory, I feel like I see everybody with small businesses on social media now, which is amazing. But I would love to know kind yeah. of like your thoughts, like, can anybody just be an entrepreneur in 2020 and beyond? Or like, is the market too saturated right now, especially during this time? I definitely don't think the market's too saturated. I think there's a really cool thing happening in social media right now that there's so much room for everyone yeah. as long as they're niching. So my favorite example is uh, Dude With A Sign Instagram account, oh right? So that came from another media account. That account yeah. has like, I don't even know now, like 5 million followers. And it's a yeah. guy holding a card. Like that is so niche, right? <laughs> and I think that's the idea. We're seeing like, um, like TikTok's a prime example. There's a lot of small businesses popping up, right? And everyone makes earrings or they make printed t-shirts. And whenever I see them, like there's nothing different, right? There's nobody digging into like their weird side and really niching on something. So I think that's part of it is we really have to niche. And I'm also a big believer of like, anyone can build a business if they want to, but I don't think everyone is built to be entrepreneurs. And I really do think that's okay. Like I am not someone that tells everyone like quit your job and go for it. Some people yeah. need that stability in their life. They need to be that person that comes to work that feels really fulfilled doing something that they're instructed to do, right? Or bringing something new to that table. And that's okay too. So it's like actually figuring yeah. out yourself. I think personal development is something that like we don't recognize until we're into business we don't realize like how much we get to learn about ourselves as business owners just by owning a business and the more you lean into that the more you can do and that's where you really find like those habits that work for you so for example like your human design like that was something that when i dug into that like my world exploded because all these things that i was searching for answers before like it all just made sense you know so I think the more you can learn about actually how you work, the more you can drop these expectations of, oh, I, ha I have to go pitch 10 companies a day because that's what my other friend does and it works really well for her. But it might work really well for her because that's actually how she's designed. And for you, it might work better to focus on your content and then things will come to you. We are built so differently, but then we try to take someone else's blueprint and just assume it will work. Oh, I love that. That is that. so good. That's so, so true. Good. Right? How many times do we fight against that idea, right? Yeah. Because I mean, there is no set road. No. And it's 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 going back to you. It, like, it's intuitive. Yeah. It's just like seeing what it is, that personal development in your unique design and kind of like exploiting that, mm -hmm. right? There is a bit of misconception, I feel like, around entrepreneurship in the sense of like, they feel that you can only reach financial freedom when you start your own business or you have your own thing going on but it really isn't for everyone what are your thoughts on that like what do you feel like entrepreneurs were like born is it something that anybody can do i would love sort of your thoughts on just entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in general yeah that's a really great question i definitely so like two parts of that i definitely don't think you have to be an entrepreneur to financial freedom i think for example uh the book i will teach you to be rich like the example of a book that really focuses on someone that wants to work a nine to five and 
explore investing opportunities and right. things like that. I think um, there's very different routes. I think entrepreneurship will actually, you know, do the opposite. It'll really put them in to debt because of who they are or how they're approaching it. So I think you can definitely achieve it without being an entrepreneur. Question is really tough. Are we born? I don't know. I feel like there must be something in us because I yeah. think the most successful entrepreneurs I know, like there's always something in them mm -hmm. that was different that they knew, right? Like, even though I didn't think I'd ever have the balls to <laughs> do my own thing, I definitely knew like I was going to be like the top marketing exec at a company, or I was always doing like student council stuff in high school. I planned my prom, I planned like all the charity events. So I think there's something in you that's really driven. And I think that's the biggest differentiator is for me, like the idea of sitting at a nine to five is suffocating and not fulfilling. And it's okay that if for somebody else, it's a super fulfilling feeling or that they don't even get fulfillment from their career, right? Um, my partner's had this struggle a bit with his younger sister. He just wants her to be super ambitious and like find what she loves to do for work. And we live in a government city too. I'm like, at the end of the day, if she has a government job that she doesn't mind and she would like likes to live for the weekend, yeah. that's also okay, right. you know, seeing both sides of that. Yeah. yeah, it's so important for people to understand that, right? Because now entrepreneurship is so glorified and it's looked as like, if you're not that, you're yeah. you're kind of nothing. Right. And the reality is that you can find fulfillment in all areas, right? I don't think it's, it's for everybody and I don't think it should be forced. Um, right. But I would love to know, because I, we do admire you as an entrepreneur, what is the biggest challenge that you have faced as an entrepreneur? Hmm. I would say... I know um, it's many. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we want the non-sexy or the big picture? Uh, we want the real, real. We want the real, real. Yeah. The non-sexy stuff is just like the that there's no rubric and it feels like a guessing game when it comes to like your taxes and like you're constantly figuring things out. I remember at one point our account, um, we have to set aside 10% up to a certain amount for our Canadian pension plan, even if you're self-employed. So I just remember like having a meeting about something else and he's like, and you guys are also like setting aside 10% for that. And we're like, yes, we are. <laughs> we're like, you know, just constantly, you're like, didn't know we had to do that, but yep, we did that. Yeah. So you're constantly <laughs> like finding things out. And for us having a product-based business and like having a big audience in the US, it was just like impossible to try to like properly bring our stuff across the border. It's like we were trying to do it in the right ways and things like that. It's just, there's a lot of challenges of things that we don't talk about because they're not sexy topics, right? right. Um, and then on, on the big picture side, I definitely think identity, especially since my first business, I was so young and also it was tied to a sport I was competing in. I think as like athletes and as business owners, we really live in that identity. And that was definitely hard um, when my body couldn't power lift um, because of my burnout. And then looking at moving away from that business, you've kind of created this self narrative that that's why people you know support you and are interested in you. And it's really not about those things, but being okay with, for me, realizing like, I probably will never have a thing that's my thing for the rest of my life. And that's actually really beautiful for me, where somebody else might find something like calligraphy and feel like calligraphy is their thing for the rest of their life. And I used to always be looking for that. And I finally just accepted, like, I don't have a version of that. My version of that is that every five years, I'll probably be in like an entirely new thing. <laughs> and now I can just build my businesses more to support that, right? And how do I plan ahead for that feeling?
I love right. that. That's great. So you have this um, in your bio and your Instagram, you say, yeah. you talk about applying human psychology to business. Yeah. And I remember reading this and telling Mel, I was like, this is so cool. Like, well, what do you mean by this? I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bit of a, a teaser for like where I'm headed in 2021 a bit more, but it's, awesome. it's that idea of personal development and um, actually just understanding both ourselves and other people um, to actually run our businesses more effectively. So I get asked all the time questions. Like when I talk about selling on social, I get asked like, you know, should I have two Instagram accounts? What hashtag should I use? What time should I post? It's really not about those things. It's about like actually understanding how your customer's brain works and understanding how your brain works. So um, that one example I used about pitching, like I have a friend that will go out and like pitch herself for brand partnerships or media. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to make a list of people I could pitch to. But then when I go and do it, it just like never seems to work. And it's not that it's a bad pitch. It's just like, it's not aligned with me. Right. And then the second I stop doing it and just focus on like putting more of me out in the world, I'll have like the best brand partnerships or requests come my way. So it's really about like learning ourselves, our um, psychology and the psychology of others, because at the end of the day, the platforms are always going to change. The marketing is going to change. Like there was days we were just marketing in newspapers. Well, not me, <laughs> but like way back, you know, and even TV commercials now seems like a thing of the past, right? So I'm really big on not fixating on those things, understanding the fundamentals of how we work. And I think that also helps us really understand people better and even deal with issues we have like racism that still exists, right? We need to better understand each other. And it all starts with that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point too, it's believing in yourself, right? Believing in that you are qualified to do xyz so if you're not a pitch person don't do yeah. that don't force right. yourself into something that has worked for someone else and expect it's going to work for you mm -hmm. um i think we learned that very quickly yeah. right yeah. i feel like you know especially when you get started in the beginning you're almost like what is everybody doing and then you kind of test out everybody's methods you're like okay no we need to figure out what works for us right. and not be afraid and you pointed out earlier in our conversation it's a guessing game and it yeah. really is yeah every day is a guessing game you know when you have your own business but um but I love you made such great points. I would actually love to know to what do you owe your success? Oh, big question. <laughs> I honestly think it's just exactly what you said. It's just trying things. Yeah. I think people are so scared to try and just, I really see everything as a data point and I mean, that sounds really boring, <laughs> but, but like, if you can see any of the things that you're trying as like data points, right? So like, I'm going to post all this different type of content on social and I'm not going to care if it performs poorly because it's actually just a data point for me to better and my audience, my community. Right. And I think same with your businesses. I had, um, a past client that tried something different for black Friday and they didn't sell very well. And she's totally okay with it because it was the first time that she did something like this. So now we say, okay, we have the data points. What can we look at? And that's how you're going to So many people ask me how to start, especially on TikTok, right? They always want to know like all of the secrets before they go, but there's no secret. Like you just have to start because you're not going to know what works for you unless you go for it. And the more you go for it, the more you get that confidence that no matter what happens, you'll figure it out, right? Like the pandemic hit. My partner and I had a two second of like, 
are we good? What's the plan? And then we keep mm -hmm. going. And we just knew that no matter what happened, we'd be okay. Right? It's like you guys launching a product-based business in the middle yeah. of the pandemic, right? I mean, like, yeah. You guys just trust and know that you can do that, you know? Yeah. And we're yeah. also crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, let's take a massive risk in 2020 during a pandemic. Let's I mean, what do you that. have but, to lose, exactly, right? Exactly, what do you have to lose? <laughs> exactly. It's so it's so important and I hope- People need snacks. Yes. And I hope people take away from this conversation that, because, you know, a lot of people say, just start, just start, but it's it really is just that. You really that just gotta dive- You gotta dive on deep. On the deep end. And trust yourself. I know it's scary. Trust yeah. me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, do I really want to trust my gun instinct right now? But I would say 99% of the time, you're always right. Yeah. And you can usually backtrack. Like when we started yeah. our first business, we saved every receipt. We had no idea what we were going to do with those receipts. <laughs> we just knew like save them because someone later is going to be like, where's all your receipts, oh, right? Yeah. You don't have to like figure out your taxes and your incorporation and all that stuff. Just start with the idea. Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, this was so good. This Mallory. was so fun. Yes. And thank you so much. Cause honestly, you gave such great value to, to us today yeah. and to our followers, but you know, you have a great website of great courses. So like yeah. this conversation for our listeners like, and watchers, this can keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of great tools to offer. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could talk all day about it. <laughs> thank you so thank much, you so Mallory. Much. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Mallory, follow her on Instagram at Mallory Rowan and check out her courses and tools at MalloryRowan.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. This helps us bring you awesome conversations just like this to you every single week. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.